Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the snooze button. Um, this is going to be a fun one. I am, uh, I'm passionate about a lot of things related to sleep, but nothing really gets me going like talking about teething. It's one of my favorite topics. I've actually posted about this on Instagram a number of times, and every time I do, it's like one of the most shared and saved posts I do, which is funny to me. I think it's it's because <sighs> teething is so misunderstood. Poor teeth. Um, I consider them the ultimate scapegoat of babyhood. I mean, I would say like 60% of the families I work with in the baby stage, you know, kids a year or younger, or even a little older, will tell me, you know, things have been derailed by their teeth. They were teething. They've been teething for the last month. They've been teething for the last three months. They've been teething for the last year. Um, And everything is to blame on the teeth. So here's what I'm going to tell you. There is only one way to know for sure if your baby is teething. Do you know what it is? It is looking in their mouth and seeing a portion of their gum that is red and swollen where there is a tiny, tiny white speck that is just under the surface or just emerging. That means a tooth is actively coming in. That is the only way to know. Now, are there signs that a baby could be teething? Absolutely. If your baby is drooling, putting their hands or a lot of items in their mouth is irritable, those can be signs of teething. You know what else those are signs of? Your baby being a baby. Delaney has been drooling her entire life. She's been putting things in her mouth most of her life. She's irritable sometimes. Um, Not related to her teeth. That's just her being a baby. So I think that is a very important caveat to have. The signs of teething are also the signs of being a baby. In a lot of ways, I find this to be really similar to when people talk about a baby being overtired or undertired. They're like, well, they were rubbing their eyes. Well, they were looking into the distance. Well, their um, cheeks seemed red. Like people have all these theories about like what a, what makes a baby overtired or undertired. And it's like, well, yeah, they could also be rubbing their eye because they have a speck of dust in their eye or because they were overstimulated. Like there's a million reasons why a baby could be rubbing their eyes besides like they require a nap this instant, you know? So it's, it's a, a bit of a fool's errand when it comes to that stuff in terms of like you making a proper diagnosis. The thing is, we as parents are not great uh, diagnosticians. I was talking to a friend um, a while ago who actually runs a mommy and me organization, is like has a former teacher, knows a ton about baby and child development. And we were joking that um, our kids have had ear infections, but we've never properly diagnosed it. Like we've both been in this situation. We're racing a kid to the pediatrician. Like they definitely have an ear infection. Something's wrong. Never have an ear infection. Um, But at the regular well baby visit, we go in and we're like, oh yeah, she's, no, he's happy. Everything's great. And they're like, and your child has a double ear infection. And you're like, what? But they're fine. Like they haven't been fussy or anything. And, you know, we're not the best diagnosticians. Am I saying that right? Die, die. Yeah, I think so. Um, Had a lot of coffee today, if you haven't, haven't noticed. So keep that in mind. What are not signs of teething? Fever, diarrhea, 
nausea, like throwing up, cough, none of those are signs of teething. So if your baby's doing those things, something else is going on, right? There, There is some sort of issue that needs to be addressed and it is not related to their teeth. So let's say you're like, got it, got it, Brittany, but my baby does have a swollen red gum with a white speck showing underneath. They are definitely teething. If that is the case, and this might really surprise you, often there is no pain associated with it. None. Your baby's fine. They're not in any pain. If they are genuinely in pain, it is for 24 to 48 hours at most, and it is just when the tooth is popping out. Your baby is not writhing in agony, twisting and fawning in the crib for days and weeks and months on end because of their teeth. They're just not. I want to like take that burden off of your shoulders that your baby can't sleep because of their poor, poor, sad little teeth. It's just not the case. Um, and I think people just need to know that. I, I spend so much time convincing families that their baby's teeth are not the issue. I will tell you that for all of my kids, um, I've noticed their teething because they are laughing or giggling or doing something. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a tooth in there and I can see it popping in. There's never been any noticeable pain that needs to be addressed. So there you go. We can handle it. And if they are teething and they do seem like they're in pain, talk to your pediatrician about small amounts of medication. Remember, again, we're talking about like one day, maybe two days. Um, And, you know, definitely teething toys are great. And those are just great toys for babies in general. It doesn't need to be because they're actively in pain teething. They're just safe for them to put in their mouth um, and a nice way for them to play. And they're great. Use teething toys. That's awesome. Um, But you don't need to worry so much that your baby's teeth are impacting their sleep because 99.999% of the time, it's not the case. Okay, so let's move on to sickness. Poor sickness, another scapegoat of babyhood. And I feel, I don't know, I feel like I'm making this episode kind of controversial. I feel like somebody's going to get mad that I'm saying all this stuff. But you know what? That's, That's okay. I'm just being honest with you because I like when people are honest with me. A baby with a good sleep foundation is not derailed by sickness. That is what I'm saying. Now, I am talking about non-serious, obviously, if your baby has the stomach flu or something, you know, I don't even want to like name serious illnesses, but you know what I'm saying. I'm talking about the common things, right? A cold, a cough, a stuffy nose, a slight fever, things like that, which are just common. They happen to babies. A baby with a good sleep foundation is not going to just have their lives and sleep completely upended because they're a little bit under the weather. So truthfully, the best thing you can do, you know, people ask me like, what do you do when your baby's sick? Um, You know, people will ask me in DMs and things like that. The best thing you can do, and this is true with travel, it's true with teething, it's true with preparing, you know, a baby for a new sibling arriving, anything get your baby a great sleep foundation. They are comfortable in their crib. They know how to put themselves to sleep. They're on a great schedule. They're independent sleepers. They have a good sleep environment. If you can focus on those things, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, but this is the truth. If you're focusing on those things, when your baby does inevitably get sick, because they all do, it's not going to be a huge deal. I think it's good to have the perspective of, imagine you right now, 
your toddler comes home from preschool, you know, toddlers, they're gross. They're like licking the walls all the time. Um, and they have a cold, they give it to you and you have a stuffy nose and you're just not feeling great. What more than anything do you need and want when you're not feeling great besides like medicine? You need sleep, right? You want to sleep. I certainly do. If I'm not feeling well, the only thing I want to do is like crawl into bed and watch Netflix. What are the things you don't want when you are not feeling well? A lot of interaction with other people, staying up late, food, and yet oftentimes when babies get sick, what parents do, which I get, you're just trying to make your baby feel better and you were doing the best that you can. Uh, This is not a judgment. This is just fact. Oftentimes what parents do is they start feeding the baby more or they're keeping them up late. Oh, I think they needed snuggles. Oh, they don't feel well. So I'm going to like hold them and stuff. And I, you know, we had night weaned them, but then they got sick. So I, you know, I nursed them again so that they would feel better. And I just want you to like take a step out of that mindset of being in the moment with a sick baby and think about like, is that actually what they need? Do they need to stay up late? Do they need food or do they need sleep? You know, that's what they need more than anything. The best thing you can do to help a baby who's going to be sick at some point is to establish a great sleep foundation before you even run into that scenario. Now, I want to be very clear. I am by no means saying that when a baby is under the weather, you're not going to deviate at all from your normal processes. Only that it doesn't need to upend everything and be this like horrible, dramatic situation. Deviating from normalcy might look something like the naps are a little bit longer in the day, or you're putting them down a little bit earlier for bedtime because they're fussy and exhausted and they need a little bit more sleep. It also could mean that you have to actively go and get your baby up out of bed to suction them because they're really congested, or you have to get them up out of bed at night to give them medication. What I will tell you guys interestingly is with all of my kids, so I have three kids if you don't know this, with all of my kids, there have been times when they've been sick and I've had to deviate from their normal process, but it's been those things. It's not like they're suddenly waking up every hour and I'm having to nurse them to sleep. It's something like this child is extremely congested. I nosefreeded them and gave them saline drops and you know the steam shower right before bed. And then around 2 a.m. I went and quickly looked and could see that the nose was getting recongested. And while they were fast asleep, I got them up and don't get me wrong, they were pissed AF at this and suctioned them again and gave them saline drops so that their nose wouldn't like literally close up with crusty boogers right? Um, Or there was one scenario where we were traveling to my in-laws and um, there was no AC. It was like the dead of summer in Connecticut and it was like 100 degrees in the house. The the power had gone out. And I actually got my kids up out of bed and gave them water in the middle of the night because they were, we were all like practically naked, sweating, so dehydrated, right? So these were cases where like, because for like the benefit of their health, I needed to alter what I was doing, but it wasn't you know, it was led by me, frankly. It was me being like, for your health, I'm going to make sure you're hydrated, that you can breathe. But it was not like because of these situations, sleep was completely upended. Do you know what I'm saying? So great example of just staying the course, addressing things that maybe need to be addressed because of the specific scenario. You know, if your doctor says they need to take these medications overnight, obviously you need to give them the medications. But it doesn't need to like ruin their sleep forever. The other thing to consider, if you're in a situation where, for whatever reason, you do revert back to old habits, your baby's waking up a lot, these things are happening, it's important in those moments 
to take a step outside of it and say like, okay, maybe I felt like I needed to do X, Y, Z last night when they were really sick, but today the fever's down. Today they're much less sick. I'm going to go back to our old routine. I think that's where a lot of families get stuck is, you know, baby does get sick, something happens, they start nursing them again at night, they start getting up with them, whatever the situation is, their nap schedule's off. Um, and, you know, they wake up two weeks later and they're still doing those same things as before. So you're, you're being conscious in the moment of like, maybe I felt like I needed to do that two days ago, but like now we're feeling a lot better. And now I'm going to go back to our old schedule, our old process. And I don't need to be addressing these things in the middle of the night the way maybe I felt like I did recently, if that makes sense. And if you're thinking, hopefully you're not, but if you're thinking, wow, Brittany, kind of cold, you know, your baby's sick and you don't even want to cuddle them at night. I do, but I want them to get the sleep and the rest that they need. And I do think that when babies are sick, sometimes they need a little bit more TLC. Absolutely. And as a parent, you might just feel like you want to give it to them, right? But you can do that during awake time. So if I have a baby that's not feeling well, they're getting a lot more cuddles than maybe they do on a normal day, right? During their awake time, instead of playing or going on a stroller ride, I'm sitting and stroking their hair and giving them kisses and just snuggling them and letting them know that I'm here and I'm here to help them and I'm, I love them very much, right? And I'm offering them more sleep and I'm offering them medication if they need it. But I'm not up with them all night doing crazy things, reintroducing feeds that they haven't had for many months. And you will be pleasantly surprised when you don't do those things, that your baby doesn't need them and they're going to be feeling better soon and you're all going to be in a much better place. And remember, the best thing that you can do to prevent sleep from being derailed by sickness is setting a great sleep foundation now. Okay, I also have probably jinxing myself by saying all this and I'm going to end up with one of my kids getting like a really bad head cold next week. Um but I hope that doesn't happen. All right, guys, as always, love you, here for you. I'll see you next week. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.